Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 505 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I just saw somebody on my Facebook timeline posting Lamborghini wine. So, ooh, Lamborghini wine, the Lamborghini <laughs> of wine, <laughs> the Lamborghini of Lamborghini wines. <laughs> but it came in a box with two Lamborghini crystal glasses, which are the Lamborghini of Lamborghini crystal glasses. So, it's all good. If I had more time on my hands, ha ha ha. <laughs> not not only would I have a Terry Tuesday Tumblr, but I would have like, or just every t- Terry Tuesday picture is like collected in one spot. But I would have a Tumblr that's the Lamborghini of dot Tumblr dot com, <laughs> and it would just be every ad that touts whatever item it is as the Lamborghini of something else. Right. So that would be like five ads. Well, again, as and hopefully the fact that there's now a dedicated Tumblr to it or site or whatever it is more people will decide like oh we're the lamborghini of lollipops or something you know (laughs) that's right until they get a cease and desist order from the lamborghini the lamborghini of lamborghinis i think lamborghini likes the publicity i don't know i think they would like the publicity of suing too so listen somebody on twitter tag lamborghini is lamborghini (laughs) even even on twitter or are they on some sort of like super rich social media that only like the five richest kings in Europe are on. That's right. It's Twitter, and you have to wear a monocle while you say it. Right. And it automatically puts the emoji of your... Let's see. Okay, Lamborghini. All right, they are on Twitter. I'm going to tag them. See, I didn't think it would have an at sign before your name would have a money sign. Okay, we call ourselves the of comic book podcasts i'm gonna put the dot in front of that even though uh jerry.tv tells me that you don't need to put the dot in front of an at when you're tweeting at stuff right but uh i'm not sure if you knew this uh jerry.tv could be a liar sometimes i i heard that i heard that so how fast do you think the cease and desist order will swing back on us well let's see (laughs) (laughs) let's see so, so hey, enough about shenanigans and distractions here. We're trying to, uh, you know, lighten the mood here. Uh, right. Even though I am here with Trouble in Times, Todd. Yes, the mascot for these very troubling times. Right. Uh, we do have some announcements, of course, mostly about books being canceled and being <laughs> shunted around, and where you could find them or can't find them, or pay a bunch of money to find them. An update on conventions, Todd. Oh, boy. Finally, that's going to be a thing here soon. Or maybe it won't be. Uh, Digital books and sales this week. uh, Freebies as well. We're going to talk about Venom number 25 and Suicide Squad number 5, which were new books this past week. Yay! Uh, Oh, sorry. I just said yay, new books. A discussion in regards to what we're looking forward to this week, since (laughs) maybe some of us don't have anything. Todd's Art Attack, and of course, discussion about the most recent episodes of Legends of Tomorrow and Stargirl. Right. 
All right, so let's get into what's going on. Let's start with Marvel first, only because it affects me the most directly, <laughs> and DC has like six tabs open, and Marvel only has the one. I don't drink tab. It's too. It's not sweet enough. Right. I heard there's a guy that you're trying to get hooked on uh, aspartame <laughs> by putting it in his soft drink. So I am. I, I think am. I have that story confused. <laughs> you. A lot of our stories are confused, but anyway. Yes. So several Marvel books quietly have gone to digital only. Uh, a majority of them were miniseries. As is, there was questions if they were or weren't going to be. Um, but most notably, the Valkyrie Jane Foster ongoing series has been shunted to digital only. Mm-hmm. Um, there were new Power Pack and New Warriors books that were supposed to be launched in April, May that are now just not on the schedule. There was supposed to be a new Spider-Man book from Joe Kelly called Nonstop Spider-Man that just, again, another book that's just been kind of wiped out of existence. Right. Uh, the Valkyrie one hurts, and the Cosmic Ghost Rider one hurts. Because uh, those are books that I had been collecting and reading, and now I don't have full runs of them. And uh, they got me with Rebels all those years ago, but um, I may have to pick up those last... Well, and here's the other thing. The the one that really hurts is the Hawkeye Freefall book. Because mm-hmm. the last two issues of that are going digital. I have the four single issues, of course, and I was really enjoying it. I might wait for the trade to come out, even if they're going to trade it. And if they don't trade it, I'm going to. That's the one I'll bite the bullet on. The Hawkeye book, I'll bite the bullet on and get those two uh, last issues of it digitally. Right. Um, All of those. The only one that I was getting was the Jane Foster Valkyrie book. But before all this started, I was really bored with the way it was going. So I dropped it. Um, and now it, that, so this doesn't, none of the Marvel books affect me. So I'm, I'm coming away unscathed from the Marvel half. Right. But, uh, like I said, the Hawkeye one really stinks. Um, I fear for what's going to happen for like that new warriors, the power pack and the nonstop Spider-Man books. So we'll see. Right. DC on the other hand, uh, for the second time. Since they've announced it, the Sandman Universe books and their things related uh, are getting flip-flopped and flown around. Uh, the House of Whispers final issues are going to go digital only. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 and 22 are going out digitally. Uh, they did say they're going to cancel the book, but at least there's some solace to be had, at least, that those last two issues are going to be available digitally. Right. I guess that's okay. I didn't get that book, so I'm okay with it. Or the two of yes. them. Uh, the Lucifer book, which is, you know, the Sandman universe, which is what we call fake vertigo around here. <laughs> uh, they're just going to take like the last five or four or five issues and just release them as a graphic novel sometime in the f- near future. Right. Once so again, again, it stinks if you were getting that book and you were getting the single issues, but there's solace that you'll still get that full story. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's two different ways to make Joe's Joe mad doing <laughs> stuff. So it's like it's like just cancel the book and do the last two issues, you know, with in 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 uh, uh, online digitally. And now just like we're just gonna put out a trade, so it's not it's different from the comics. Is there any other way that they could tick you off? <laughs> there certainly is, Todd. So. Uh... <laughs> 
Now, this one didn't affect me all that much, of course, but the Walmart Giants, which mm-hmm. they were Walmart exclusives at first. They had original material in them. We've discussed them at length for the better part of the last year plus here on the show. Uh, but within the last several months, the local brick-and-mortar shops were able to order them with different covers, maybe like a week or whatever. A after, month later. A month later. Oh, a month later. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was less time than that. No, if if not more. That's it. That's why. But anyway, definitely a month. Right. So those have been canceled. Uh, they're not doing any more of those. More on that in a moment. The dollar reprint issues uh, all are getting canceled. They're no longer doing any of those. And a couple weeks ago, I mentioned uh, Dan DeDio was on a podcast talking about you know going through his comics. And of course there was other stuff in there. And he had actually said that that was a big seller at DC. That's, that's what he, he had said. And I heard in, in other like news, like not in a podcast or anything, but he said that was the big problem with the state of comics. He's like, when your dollar reprints are selling better than your new comics, granted they are a dollar. And I think he was like, you know, not apples to oranges, but he was figuring out. He goes, because that's not good because that's too much nostalgia where you need to, to get heat on the new books. Right. And so I agree with him on that. At first, I was taking that as like, this is our last, you know, turn of the knife on poor Dan, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so those are all getting canceled. And those are always a good thing, I, at least in my opinion, because I would always pick a couple of those up. And if it, they were age-appropriate books, I would give them out for Halloween, you know? Right. Um, the Stars and Stripe book, which, you know, lines up with the current Stargirl TV show, was one of those books that was going to be coming out on the dollar uh, thing. And I had it on my list to grab, like, I usually just got to grab, like, five. Right? right. And they go in the pile. And who knows what Halloween is going to look like. But either way, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe that was a silver lining that that got canceled. But as I mentioned last week, whether it was on the show or not, I don't remember. Um, I was, no, it wasn't. It was when Todd came and delivered my books to me because Todd is a good man. Yep. Uh, we were dis- we were discussing what I was going to do because I would go at the end of the month to pick up my books to a local retailer um, and I would give him my new list for the next month. And I would have like, here's what I'm getting for the next month. And also like, I looked at the previews. I know what's coming out like the next two months. So they'd be in there as well, right? Mm-hmm. But Put now a pin with everything in that. being, I'm sorry? Put a pin in that because when we're done, I want to talk to you about your lists, but go ahead. Okay. So uh, I do I do that, and I have that list going, and over the last couple of weeks, as comics have come back, I've got back into the list. I had to delete the tab for April and put May and June <laughs> together because there's only the one week in May, and it just can't – one week can't have its own page and blah, blah, blah. So I'm getting my list together, and I print it up, and I said, do you think I could send it to Dave, our, our local retailer? And Todd's like, sure, go for it. And I sent it to him, and then I would say within 20 minutes of me sending it is when the news story came out that the Mark and Draco Secret of the Manhunters miniseries was canceled, which was on my list. Oh, and that was one of the big things that hurt me because I'm a huge and Draco Manhunter fan, but also all like the Walt Simonson, uh, I can't think it. Uh, who wrote it and stuff like that. But that, that, that Paul Kirk manhunter that was in the detective backups. I love manhunter. When I saw that canceled, I was like, Oh, I was actually, that was one of the few books that I actually ordered on a little sheet of paper and handed it in because I was like, I don't know how many of these he's ordering, but I want one. I definitely want one. 
So that made me sad. So I will say this. I did not give up all hope on that. The list was already sent. There was nothing I could do about it, right? Mm-hmm. But when I went, I updated my list on Saturday. Um, I went and I moved. I didn't delete it. I moved it over to the question mark tab. Oh, with all the J.J. Abrams stuff? No, no. Stuff that I care about. Like, when Scott Snyder announced that, like, we're going to do another run on American Vampire. Like, that's over there. Oh, okay. Uh, One of Joe Kelly uh, and Duncan Rouleau's creator-owned books called Bad Dog. Uh, They're like, we're going to do more Bad Dog. And they're like, ah, that's been sitting over there. Uh, And the one that I always laugh about is Gail Simone and Walter Giovanni announced that they were going to be doing an all-ages fantasy book for Dark Horse entitled Wonderfall, and that sits on my list. That book was announced (laughs) in February of 2016. Well, There's been no updates on what the status of that book is until I get an engraved notice from Gail Simone that says this book is never coming out. I can't take it off my list. Have you tried tweeting her while we're recording the show? That seems to be your go-to move. Gail. <laughs> of course he is. <sighs> My apologies. If I missed an official declaration. But whatever happened to Wonderful was stoked to read it. Hope you are well. <laughs> and I put the period at the front. Oh, good. And Gail Simone sent us a cease and desist order. <laughs> Who contacts us back first, Gail Simone or Lamborghini? Uh, Gail Simone. I got money on Gail Simone. Okay. Even though Lamborghinis are faster. So... <laughs> So I, I was supposed to put a pin in something. Was it just talking about Manhunter or was there more? No, it was actually talking about orders. Okay. Because Joe, guess who did something for the first time this weekend <gasps> that he has done in it's gotta be five years at least. I'm and I because everything was five years ago. Everything was five years ago. What did I do, Joe? You made an actual physical printed list. Yes, I made both. A list on my phone. I have a Google uh, a Google Notes, keep notes in my phone. And I wrote one down on a piece of paper. And I have to like finagle things because it's not done because we only just got the previews. But because there are so few DC and Marvel books, mm-hmm. I have a list of everything that I'm getting. And now I need a crash course in Joe CD. And no, not right now, but in... I have to see how you do your notebook because I know what dates like the Marvel and DC books are coming out. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know, like when you get the image, I can't find where the release dates are on the image book, the dynamite books. And God forbid, when you get into the green deep section, like, Oh, here I am with Amigo comics. I have no idea, but then I don't know how you place them in your notebook. Like I know you'll have like, this is the, this week's books, but I don't know if you do Marvel, DC, whatever, and then what do you do when those books get bumped? I have a whole bunch of questions, so I actually want to look over one of your notebooks, probably when the next time I drop your books off. Notebook's not going to do it. Okay. Notebook is only notebook is only a week ahead of schedule. 
Right, but I'm not doing a spreadsheet. That's not okay. happening. Okay, right. But what you're going to attempt to do is you're going to attempt to do what I do in the spreadsheets in a notebook or a notepad or a something app like that, right? Mm-hmm. I could do this as a quick uh, crash course. Okay. Uh, and you, listener at home, can follow along. <laughs> if you head over to preview, uh, I'm sorry, pr- uh, the Diamond website, which is previewsworld.com. And if you'll all follow along with me. Previewsworld.com. Okay. And uh, you'll see across the top where it says Previews World. It has their fancy logo. And there's some blue links that say features, catalog, new releases, search. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to click on catalog. And then it's going to bring you like a little drop down thing. And you can look at the picture of the current issue of previews. And it'll take you to a new page, right? Mm-hmm. And on the right hand side, it says customer order form. And you're going to want to click on the PDF of that. And then however it is that you access PDFs on your device, computer, or otherwise, you would do so thusly. This is the bare bones of the previews catalog, just kind of in text form, if you will, where it's going to show what the dates of those image and dynamite and so on and so forth books are, right? Mm -hmm. So I know what books I'm going for. And like the, the way that the... The previews, this particular previews, images right up front. They're a premier publisher, quote unquote, right? Right. And Marvel's in there, which scared me. But anyway. Okay. Right. So Marvel's in there. But let's we're gonna just start with image. We're not gonna do the whole do the whole thing, right? Right. And it's it, it's it's laid out the same way that it's in the catalog. So if you know the book that you're looking for, um, that you want to get like um Firepower, the 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 Kirkman and Chris Samney book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, That is on page whatever, page six of the previews order form. And you see it there. It's highlighted. It's resolicited, whatever it is. And it very clearly says what page it is in the catalog, the name of the book. It says the date and it says the price. August 5th, right? Mm -hmm. So I got a column on the spreadsheet that says August 5th. All the August 5th books go underneath that line. uh, August 12th, August 19th, etc. Right? Mm -hmm. So... That's a list that I've made for what books are maybe going to be coming out on those dates in two months. Now, you know two weeks ahead of time if that book is actually going to hit its ship date. Because you go back to Previews World the Wednesday and they have the next two weeks of books there uh, on the site. Right. Um, So if things get moved or things get delayed or things get canceled, you just move them from one column to the next or, you know, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously stuff like this, you know, firepower was originally supposed to come out in conjunction with new co- with free comic book day. As you see here, it's a resolicitation. It was still on diamonds list to come out this week as we're, you know, listening to this show as of a week ago or two weeks ago. And then a week ago, they moved it to this date when image gave them the new date. Um, so when stuff like that happens, I don't track it. I don't say, well, the old date was this and the new date is this. Now, there is stuff that I was keeping track of that on, like Doomsday Clock or Notoriously Late Books. Mm -hmm. Uh, Inferior 5 has, like, a running commentary of original solicit dates, new solicit dates, etc., etc. Right. You don't need to go that far. That's levels that I don't wish on anyone else. Mm -hmm. But if you just want to know what book is coming out, and you could just very easily with the PDF... uh, do a control F to pull up the little find thing, type in the title of the book that you want, Red Sonia, 
Right. Hit enter, and it'll take you to all the Red Sonias. Right. And then you can see, okay, there's the Red Sonia I want. There's the date that it comes out right next to it. I put that in that column. Right. And even further still, you know, obviously this is August. If you were looking back at that page that we went to where the customer order form was, it was PDF, there was text, and there was archive. You can go into the archive, and you can get the previous two months of previews to get June and July's books to fill in those gaps as you need to. Now, obviously, things might be a little bit different because at this point, July is kind of a mess. August going forward, this is how you would do things. Right. But my take is I wouldn't need those past two months because those books are already ordered. The reason I'm doing this is because literally our retailer put on his social media that, you know, pick what you want because I'm cutting orders to the bone and mm-hmm. I there may not like because the way I was doing it was going in on a Tuesday picking like, all right, he's going to have 800 copies of, you know, whatever Batman. Like, you know, he's going to have Batman. I don't yeah. need to. To, to say uh, I, I want Batman but like I said suppose that Manhunter book was in here I don't know how many orders he's going to get so oh. I'm doing this for myself just till there that we get back to a normal you know what I mean right where so, uh, August is the beginning of what the normal hopefully is June and July unfortunately are a little bit of a mess right because of what was originally solicited and what's now being solicited June Sadly, your best bet is to do that go to Diamond site every Wednesday mm-hmm. where they have the next two weeks there. See, I've I've now that you've told me this that or I can is that find too late. No, listen, this is what I'm gonna do. This is I know what I want to do now. I want to take my tablet, which I bought a brand new, you know, tablet. And what I'm gonna do is this for this preview that's out, this that we got last week. I have now the dates that they're gonna come out. I'm gonna put each page. Doesn't matter. Don't need a spreadsheet. These are the books that are coming out this week according to the PDF file that I have. When that week comes, if they're not there, I bump them over one week. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. To the next page and do it that way until I feel like I don't need this notebook anymore. Or maybe I keep the notebook. Don't know, but I've just totted the Joe plan. I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants with a a minimum plan, if that makes any sense. Now, I will say this. July is out there, but July you have to look by publisher. Right. Like, you have to put, like, just as an example, like, Marvel, July 2020, and, like, DuckDuckGo or whatever your preferred search engine um, is going to pre-fill it in. And probably the first or second result is going to be that company's actual website with their actual mm-hmm. list for June and July. Right. So, you know, obviously, and unfortunately, you because of the way that the books are being shipped, you, you'd you have to do that for Marvel and for DC and for Image and for Dynamite and Boom and everybody else, book by book by book. Or, you know, like publisher by publisher by publisher to, to get July. Right. But like I said, I'm only worried about two months out from now where our retailer is ordering. So then, like I said, then so two months out from now, August, that previews PDF. Look for what you're looking for there. You have your columns. You know, give it to Dave and just say, "Here's what I want you to order," mm-hmm. and he'll order them for you. Right. I think I now that I see kind of how you do it, and I don't need to do all that work. I 
I have a plan and we'll see how it works for me. It will probably crash and burn around my ears, but we'll give it a try. Right. I got my fingers crossed that you could do it. Okay. I got my big boy pants on. (laughs) Uh, Last things last. We had talked about some of the things that were being canceled by DC were those uh, giants, those Mm -hmm. hundred page giants that they sell at Walmart and they send to the retailers a month later. Well, those being canceled, apparently no one told Walmart because not only did they get the books, but they're selling them. Right. But that was before like the month early or sometimes two months. I don't know. So they're coming out and I was getting the flash. This is the one that hurts the most. Not only because I was getting the flashes, I wasn't reading them because I was waiting to get a bunch stored up because they were originally eight page stories. Then there were 16. So I was going to wait for this whole Gail Simone storyline to be over. Um, but at the end of the most recent issue, Flash goes back in time and runs into a certain cowboy bounty hunter that we all know and love. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to get a a Jonah story in the Flash books. So next, next month's issue, I guess is canceled unless, you know, maybe I could find it another way, Joe, by going to Walmart or getting gouged on eBay. So it it looks like you're probably gonna have to get gouged on eBay. Well, who knows? Maybe the, the 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 people around here don't know that they there is a Walmart eBay opportunity going on, and I may go up the there and might find a copy for cover price. If I don't, then I'll try to find a Flash Five online. Being that I've been to one grocery store in the last two months, I'm not the one to do that for you, sadly, right. to check up here. But guess who's going up at eight oh one tomorrow when Walmart opens? <laughs> Swing by and wake my kid up so he can go on and play his uh, video games. Mm-hmm. Is he on the on the Switch, the Twitch, the, the Switch, he's Twitch? The, he's, yeah, he's on the Switch, the twi- the the Snitch, the Twitch, the mm. Flitch, and uh, what Fletch. else does Michael Winslow say in uh, Spaceballs? <laughs> Lots of things. Lots of things. All right, so an extended news segment with some learning for everyone. Uh, depth into my madness, if you will. Right, and my fly-by-nightness. <laughs> right. So we uh, typically would talk about conventions that were happening, and the one that we've been tracking over the last two months is the Denver Rocky Mountain Comic Con this weekend in Denver, Colorado, which has been on the schedule nigh on these last two months. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything else has moved their chains. Everything next weekend has been canceled. Even that... um that convention that was supposed to happen in Augusta, Maine last weekend has just disappeared. There's no link for it. I don't know where it happened to. Well, sadly, in between recording last week and this week, Rocky Mountain Con has finally balked. And they've moved their convention from this weekend to November. And anything that was supposed to be next weekend uh, has also moved their dates. Right. Um, it looks like, if anything, the next time I need to look at this list, well, again, Comic-Con Munich, I think, is going to play <laughs> fast loose with their own rules. Uh, Ireland, no. I think they're going to do the right thing. Things might be a disaster over there, allegedly. Um, no, okay, so... Munich has moved only by two weeks, as it stands currently. And the next one on the schedule is Mighty Con New Orleans uh, at the no, end of June. 
they are still on the schedule ready to go for June 28th or 27th and 28th. Right. It's pronounced Nolens, Joe. I think you can only say that if you are actually from the Big Easy. Or if you're drunk while you're there. Old Swampy. <laughs> yes. Hey, he's one of those uh, Walmart giants. Swamp thing. Oh, that's right. I, so I, I was thinking of the Simpsons episode with Chief Wiggum where he's saying all the different things that uh, you can call New Orleans. And he's like, oh, the Big Easy. Uh, Nolens. And then he's, he's lost for one. He says... Old Swampy. Oh, that's like I said, that's what they call Alec Holland. So, but anyway, anyway uh, while there's no conventions going on, of course, you could fill your days with podcasts. And what better podcasts to listen to would be uh, those involved in the soon to be named network, the Lamborghini of podcast networks. Hang on, I got to send a tweet to Lamborghini about something else. <laughs> My goodness, no, no, it. I'm kidding. Uh, but soon to be named network.com or soon to be named network.tumblr.com is where you can find all the information uh, about this show, uh, about Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, whether it be profane arguments. I'm sure it'll be a spirited episode this week. Uh, Puzzle Warriors 3. I'm sure it'll be a spirited episode this week. Uh, Wednesday Night Wars at Oz with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place. And then anytime any of these folks show up on other podcasts, and they should tell me about it. I shouldn't have to find out about it in some sort of clandestine way. It'll be up on the podcast website where you could find all the information about all your favorite characters from the soon-to-be-named network. Whether it be myself, Troubling Times Todd, <laughs> DJ, Brett, uh, Adam, Ian, Ray, Craig, all of the people, all your favorites. Marcus, mm -hmm. Tim, more people, I don't know, some guy. Uh, any of those soon-to-be-named network special presentations, Joe? Oh, hopefully, 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 no one did a, a bunch of extra work to promote <laughs> those because I'll never do another one again. Oh, anywho, uh, soon-to-be-named network.com, soon-to-be-named network.tumblr.com, and uh, I would be remiss not to mention as well because I did get a lot of people contacting me about this. Things get a little mixed up. Uh, Todd, would you mm. know who got into the podcast game recently? Um, who could it be? Do do they have a name with a V before it? Ask not for whom the Rob Trolls. The Rob Trolls for thee. And now, the Rob Watch. They most certainly do. I'll just, this is going to be an unofficial return of the Rob Watch. Because the Rob does have a podcast now entitled... Robstrations? Robstractions? Uh, Shusha? What's it called? Shusha. Robservations. Right. So, Robservations has already had three episodes in the last seven days. Mm, must have a lot of energy. <laughs> I was going to say, with that manic schedule and Rob <laughs> doing a one-mic podcast by himself, you'd be surprised at how on track they stay. <laughs> oh i can only imagine but i will say uh i've only gotten a chance to listen to the first episode because of the erratic schedule which the podcast comes out <laughs> and the rob is the rob when talking about the uh the Zack snyder cut of the justice league uh a lot of <laughs> a lot of dropping of 
these people in Hollywood that are bigwigs that I know, but I can't tell you who they are. They told me X, Y, Z. He attributes the success of the Wonder Woman movie directly to Zack Snyder, which I didn't have time to do the math on that one. You didn't fact check that? No, I'm okay on that one. There's other stuff. There's there's other stuff that's more important to fact check than Rob saying this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Rob talks about his his fandom, especially his young fandom, uh, I think that's the more interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Rob would be more suited to have someone to kind of keep him on track because he does tend to repeat himself a bit. Right. Um, but it's the Rob. He's a very the entertaining man. Mm. He has he has my problem. He, he tends tends to rerun over stuff, and but over anyway. and over and over again. Todd. Oh, well, I'm gonna. He has Rob Stractions. Me and me and our good buddy DJ. I think uh, I said we were gonna start our own podcast and call it Toddities, and that's where the money is. Oh, I saw that, and then of course DJ immediately brought it to wrestling, and I gave him a dollar. <laughs> of course you did. Yes. Oh. Uh, so, digital books and sales uh, going on. Uh, the Dynamite Leading Ladies sale is going to be ending this Thursday. Uh, Marvel has a couple sales going on. One involving Venom, Absolute Carnage, all that sort of jazz uh, going on until the weekend. They have another one that's going on entitled Amazing Artists. And it's just kind of like a haphazard, slapdashery sort of thing. Um you know, there's no thing of like, here's these things by this artist or that artist or whomever. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff that's in there as I'm just perusing through it. Um, you know, a lot of pretty looking stuff. So if that's your if that's your bag, go check it out. And uh, DC is having a sale that's entitled a super sale, Todd. I wonder what's on sale. Well, I see a dog. I see a boy. I see a blonde haired lady and I see a boy <laughs> scout. Oh, no, of course, it's Superman stuff. Uh, this is that one of every four weeks where Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One is not on sale and somebody has their kneecaps broke uh, but it's a lot of a lot of Superman stuff um, it looks like it could be like I don't know everything that's even tangentially related to Superman Supergirl or Superboy because I see the entire run of the Mark Wade Barry Kitson Legion of Superheroes is in here Right. Because uh, Supergirl was in that. Um, I see there's Justice League stuff. I see there's Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes. The Kirby adaptation of the toy line Superpowers is in here. Ooh. You know, so there's a lot of stuff. Uh, that Super Sons series that you liked so much is in this. That's a good series. And uh, this... Oh, Todd. You want to <laughs> talk about something? That, another thing that makes my blue blood boil. So when you go uh, to the Super Sons thing, and all the issues are there, there's issue 1, there's issue 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, there's issue 2, there's issue 20, (laughs) 21, 22, whoever coded these things didn't do that, they'd be in like actual numerical order, Mm -hmm. but they'd just be in like, oh, the first character is a 1, so that's the order they go in. It almost sounds like when somebody scans preview pages. <sighs> that only affects... Well, that's that's also horrible because it only affects me. That is true. true. 
Uh, so all the links to those will be in the show notes, all the free stuff that's still available. Uh, the aforementioned from last week, Scooby-Doo team up from DC. The entire run is there for free. Um, you know, and they did say that it's going to be a limited time. It's been at least a week. Uh, there is no end date on that in sight, but I would definitely go grab those books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's some free stuff, some cheap stuff that you can get. Todd, let's get into what we read from this past week. And uh, I'll defer to you to start with Suicide Squad number five. Yes. Basically taking over from last month or whenever this book was last published. Uh, um, two months. Two months ago. Well, you have a notebook to tell you. Um, basically, they uh, Locke, who has taken power away from Amanda Waller, sends the Suicide Squad, old and new members, after Captain Boomerang. And series of events, he ends up fighting... Basically, the one character who's Jog, his name is Jog, who has a bit of super speed, and uh, Boomerang gets the best of him. So Jog's friends on the team just want to kill Boomerang straight up, even though Locke wants him alive. The fight goes, you know, sideways. Some fun interactions there. They bring Boomerang back to Locke, and everybody has a plan for maybe getting out from under Locke's thumb. That kind of happens. And they basically reveal, I don't want to say too much because there's some cool stuff that goes on with the character jog and, and other stuff, how he's seeing his life, you know, bits and pieces of it. And then in the end, we actually find out who has actual power behind the suicide squad and the squad goes on the run and I was like, I'm really enjoying this book. But when I find out the guy behind the guy, I need answers immediately. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm not happy, but I'm intrigued with the, the way the answers go. And once again, just to see Boomerang flinging Boomerangs around and being the idiot that he is, plus some of this other stuff, I, I really liked. And uh, obviously, I forgot to mention it's Tom Taylor and Bruno Renando on art. Um, Bruno, I want a Bruno uh, Captain Boomerang sketch because he absolutely crushes Digger. He has, I just love like the, the, the you know, the, 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 I'm trying to think like the, the brutish like facial expressions and face look that he has. I absolutely love his Captain Boomerang. But once again, I'm a soft touch for the Suicide Squad and I'm really enjoying it. And I want to hear, you can't wait to hear how, what you thought of the issue. All right. Short answer is I liked it. I'm mm -hmm. on board. I'm glad I decided to have this be my first Tom Taylor book that I'm reading. Mm -hmm. And everything else that I have on it is not negative nitpicks, but it's just like little things. I love all the new characters, right? Right. Uh, we haven't seen this many new characters introduced in a book in a very long time. And they can certainly get lost in a book of mm -hmm. any kind, let alone a book like this. And it's very smart, whether it was a DC editorial thing or Tom Taylor decided, like, hey, I have all these ideas. I could pitch them to get them into this book, and we can get some eyes on them by having Harley Quinn in the book. I'm surprised Harley Quinn is even still mentioned in this book, let alone in this book. I figured she would have been shunted off to get those first couple issues sales up, and then let's move along. Mm -hmm. um, Suicide Squad is going to have lots of twists and turns and everything else like that. So, you know, you're saying the guy behind the guy. Um, I, I think we're not even like we're not even through like the, the middle of this Rus Russian nesting doll of who's behind all this. Right. I think we're going to end around to like, you know, somebody has like a shell corporation of like six other people to defer them back off whoever to come back to him, if that makes any sense. Right. And we're not even at issue six yet, which will right. probably be the, the story, the, the end of the first storyline. 
And I will say, you mentioned about uh, Bruno Redondo's art. I'm just now, after however many years it's been, finally not liking but accepting uh, Captain Boomerang not wearing his funny little hat, but wearing <laughs> uh, this Goopaline hat that he wears. <laughs> right. Um, and I will, I have to, especially on the cover, but uh, of course all during this book, more times than not, the seedier, the dirtier, the villainous types in your comic books are ugly people. Mm-hmm. They're nasty looking people. They do horrible things. They look repugnant. But because these artists that work on comic books are so good, even the most horrible of us, it's like, I don't know. He still looks pretty handsome. He's mm-hmm. More handsome than the face I see staring back at me in the mirror. That's uh, right. But he, he draws a beautiful, ugly Captain Boomerang. Yes, he does. With the, with like the busted, broken look nose kind of a thing. <laughs> right. Like when we, a couple of weeks ago, when we read um, the Catwoman stuff, the Brubaker Catwoman stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen issues of the Flash that are drawn by like Scott Collins and, you know, whomever else has been on Flash books during the Jeff Johns or Mark Wade runs. And they'll draw Captain Cold as like this miserable, craggy looking individual, you know, mm-hmm. and in the Catwoman book. It's like, I just look like a guy. Yep. He was a guy bringing groceries home. The only yeah. thing he needed was the baguette sticking out of the top of the grocery bag. Uh, but yeah, the art is really good in this book. The The story is really good. I'm I'm on board. Okay, good. I'm loving it. But like I said, I'm a I'm an easy mark for Suicide Squad. So. Uh, so the other book that I think we both read uh, from this past week was Venom number twenty five. Yep. Uh, main story by Donnie Cates. And Ryan Stegman with a little bit of Mark Bagley sprinkled in there. Uh, backup feature by David Michelini. Whatever you will about that is whatever you will. But I just want to mention that really quick because I was mad. Well, we found out that uh, that Eddie Brock loves canned peaches. Mm-hmm. And last week we you know we talked about how Venom loves chocolate stuff. So I think chocolate-covered peaches would be perfect for Venom slash Eddie Brock. That's what he needs. But. I'll let you go to the front of the story. Uh, so this is just a continuation of what Donnie Cates has been telling in this Venom book now for two plus years, almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was good. I liked it. I feel as though we got some resolution, some movement in the story regarding Null, regarding Carnage, uh, regarding Eddie's uh, relationship with his son, the son revealing that he has powers to his dad, all of this. Mm-hmm. But it just further cements the fact of how sad of an event comic absolute carnage was. I'd agree. And I have more to elaborate on that when you're done, but go ahead. Um, I, again, I I don't got much more outside of that. Like I really like the art in this. I like the story. Um, I liked Eddie finally acquiescing and telling the Avengers what null is that he's been kind of keeping it his own thing for a while. And how the end of Absolute Carnage was him making the decision to save his son. Spoilers, everyone, for a book that's over a year old. But he made the decision to kind of doom Earth. And he did leave that part out a little bit um, when he was telling the Avengers what's going on now that Null is here. And again, it just, you know, there was no... When you read this issue and then you remember back to what Absolute Carnage was, Absolute Carnage felt like the first chapter of this story that Donnie Cates is telling 
this is like the end of the second chapter. Now we're moving on to the third chapter. And Absolute Carnage should have been, if it was going to be made a big event, it should have been more self-contained. Where you get the full story, the beginning, the middle, and the end in that, as opposed to Absolute Carnage essentially being the first part of a much larger story that's really like the seventh part of this ongoing Venom story that Donny Cates is telling, which I like. It just feels as though there's been some editorial meddling here. I I agree and disagree, but first I'm going to say the one thing I did like about this book was because once again it's you know two month hiatus on the book that having Eddie Brock detail what's gone on in the first 25 issues of the books catches you up to speed. So I do like that a little bit. It's like oh yeah, now I remember everything that's going on. But then after that I'm like for an issue 25, you know, with a 5.99 price tag, there's a little too much. Eddie Brock talking head in this where it gets a little boring where it's like, all right, you have six panel pages and it's Eddie talking with just word balloons, a little, a little more action. So this, this shouldn't have been a 25. It should have been a more condensed story. And then on top of that, I like the fact that we get, you know, the resolution, like you said, that he tells the Avengers, but in that it makes me definitely think that what, uh, what absolute carnage was, was, you know, overblown and too big, but seeing the the this is like a preview for the next one like you said and i'm like oh god i'm not ready for another giant crossover with this but kate's has a history of this having like big you know overarching stories where you have like thor you have thanos and other stuff where venom's such like a street level person having 24 issues and more and one giant crossover with another one coming it at no, if he had done this with Thanos, it would feel more, it would feel right, but he didn't do it with Thanos. He's doing it with Carnage, and I'm like, I can't get behind it because he's a street-level guy that you've involved, like, planet hopping, and I don't know. So that's my problem with it, where not so much it's editorial is, I think, uh, Donny Cates had this story the whole time, was he's going to make a big story around a low-level character even though it's Venom and he's very popular, I mean, street-wise. So yes. it does work in my mind, if, if that makes any sense. And I, I get where you're coming from. Obviously, Venom is Spider-Man adjacent, so I have a little bit more leeway, a little bit more room in my heart uh, for someone like a Venom to do this. And this is, you know, nothing new. If you remember during Bendis' run on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, that was kind of the beginnings of making Venom more of a bigger galactic threat. Right. And I don't think he should be a galactic threat. He should just have a space history, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of, like, you know, he's not a cosmic threat. He's a Spider-Man villain that's half from space. That's the way I look at it. Right. And more than likely, I can only imagine that, like, Bendis really never went anywhere with that because, you know, he moved on to something else. He left Marvel, whatever it was. But I could see an editor or someone like Donnie Cates, like, looking at that dangling thread that, like, really didn't need to even get pulled out. But it's out. Mm -hmm. We could push it back in, or I could pull it and maybe add a little bit and add it a little bit and add a little bit and add a little bit. And it kind of makes this character who, as you mentioned, is just a Spider-Man villain who's half from space, maybe attempt to give him a little bit more richer of a backstory. Mm -hmm. Um 
I always worry when they do something like this, when they take a character, and this isn't one of those everything you know about the character is wrong sort of things, but this is now one of those things where, like, not only is he more involved in cosmic stuff, he goes, he has traces back to the prehistoric age, and he has traces back to, like, Thor, and he has traces back to this, is that when Donny Cates comes off this book, whenever that would be, that whoever the next person to come on is like, yeah, we're just ignoring all that, he's just Eddie Brock, he's just a guy now. Everything else has been established for the last two, three, four, five years doesn't make any sense and holds no bearing. That's right. Now he's just back to eating brains in his spare time. Right. Getting confused for, for Spider-Man plus 150 pounds and giant <laughs> pointy teeth. Mm-hmm. Dressing up like nuns. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but I, I still like it. You know, I think Donny Cates is one of the, uh, you know, more unsung creators to come down the pike, if you will, in the la- in the last five years, so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know? I am, until we hit uh, Absolute Carnage 2 Electric Boogaloo, then I might have to tap out. Yeah, fingers crossed that's never going to happen. I have a feeling that's going to be one... I have a feeling this Null thing, with it, you know, with whatever's going on in, like, Silver Surfer slash Thanos slash uh, Thor that he has going, that this is going to be his big... uh, What was the... The uh, Jason Aaron Asgard story, I get, I they come so fast, you know. That's what the realms, right? This is going his Venom thing is going to be uh, his War of the Realms, and that's what's gonna, that's what worries me. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, so that's what we read from this past week. Uh, (laughs) Let's get into what we're reading this week. so if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday, I put up the pull post, uh, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Um, whether <laughs> your favorite book was in print and is now digital only or is being resolicited as a original graphic novel on question mark. Uh, <laughs> be forewarned and be forearmed. Know what's coming out. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. And uh, is this a freebie for me, or is this a freebie for you? Because I got nothing this week. It's de- If we're going to choose, it's a freebie for me. It's a slam dunk. I can't get it wrong. Right. You only have one thing under Joe's pool, and that says none. So I'm guessing you're looking forward to nothing this week, Joe? No, I'm looking forward to next week when there's actually books coming out. But this week, I got nothing. Um. So I think I'm going to read the Catwoman 80th anniversary thing uh, mm-hmm. at Todd's behest. Right. And I'm going to guess that that's the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week. It is. So technically a push, I guess. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it'll be uh, we'll be uh, reading some Catwoman again. When did we become this show where we talk about Catwoman? Uh, well, I guess there's a Brubaker story in there, so maybe he wraps everything up finally. Oh, boy. That'll be worth it, I guess. That will be worth it, so. But I feared that this would happen as comics returned, of course, slowly but surely. Um, I do know for the next several weeks after this, if you didn't catch my drift from discussing how I put things together earlier in the show, um, I have at least two books every week from here until August. Oh, good. And I think I'll probably have something every week. So I don't have a notebook, like we said, but I think we'll work something out. 
Uh, and right, we're not going to give the too, too hard press on this, of course, while you're over at longboxheroes.com. Check out past episodes of the show. Pa- check out Todd and Joe Have Issues from some three years ago uh, for some good single-issue stuffs. Uh, we got a store. We got a Patreon. We got a T Public store. Buy stuff. Don't buy stuff. I'm sure you have better things to do with your money, especially this week, especially if you uh, have already listened to After Dark and are listening to the show in the correct listening order. Um, Amazon clicked through this past week. Again, thank you very much, as I have said every week for the last two months. Uh, thank you, everyone, for doing all of your purchasings and so forths uh, through our Amazon click-through. Believe me, it does help quite a bit. Um, I do know just some of the notable purchases from the click-through this past week. I think someone, uh, Jeremy, uh, who does comment on the show, uh, purchased a bunch of stuff that it looks like he's building a computer. Uh, hmm. He purchased a processor. He purchased a uh, memory, internal hard drive, all sorts of stuff. Good luck with everything. I saw his tweet about the shipping of those things. I'm giving all those items the sign of the cross. Hopefully everything worked out well there. I think he's uh, uh, building his own Cerebro. Oh, one can only dream. <laughs> That's right. Uh, somebody purchased the House of X slash Powers of X combined hardcover. Uh, I remember we used to take a minute out of every show to talk about those books. I don't know whatever happened to that. Me either. Somebody purchased the DC digital original movie thing, uh, Justice League Throne of Atlantis, based on that Aquaman story from a couple years ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. Somebody also purchased the digital edition of Toolbox, Building the Better Pro Wrestling, uh, from Mike Quackenbush. And uh, Mike is very smart when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. I'd be interested to see what's in that book. And uh, people also purchased food, and I love seeing the food that gets purchased. Uh, More coffee was purchased this week. Uh, Medium roast Starbucks stuff. Somebody also purchased pancake mix. Jiffy corn mix, uh, Jiffy corn muffin mix, and Barilla pasta, comma wavy lasagna noodles. Oh, I hate the like the smooth lasagna noodles because all your cheese and sauce just slides right off. It's those wavies that keeps them in the lasagna, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I do also want to tip my hat to you that you got like the actual like whole or like the like the the white noodles and not the like the whole grain noodles that are all brown or whatever you got the right. good stuff so i'm proud right. of you not like chickpea noodles or whatever they make them out i don't know pork and fiber chunks whatever <laughs> i think i'll pass but again thank you everyone for uh, all the purchases through the amazon click through it does help greatly uh in keeping this show uh moving and grooving i'm not gonna say it keeps the lights on or whatever i don't know how any of that stuff happens I pay some bills every month, and that takes care of that. This is the part that gets divvied up between me and Todd at the end of the month. That's right. It helps or the beginning me... of the month when certain companies are late in their portion of the payments. <laughs> That's right. And all that stuff helps keep me in original art, too, Joe. So, Speaking of art, hey, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we did. Jesse DeYoung uh, sent in. He was, I was helping my son make some Minecraft cutout figures. I, I, I felt left out, so I made one for myself, too. Pretty good for a father who knows very little about Minecraft and too much about X-Men. So there's some, uh, I don't know, like I like him, I don't know much about Minecraft, but there's some fun figures that his, his kid made in there. But then there's a, you know, Scott Summer Cyclops. And you know how long I think that probably took? That probably took a Minecraft mutant minute to do, Joe. Oh, oh boy. 
But that's really cool. I think that he actually did like a, a wonderful job on that Minecraft figure. So absolutely but, looks really cool. And I know all the names of those Minecraft figures that are there. Right. Scott, that's the only one. And also Rebecca's art sent in another one. It said Rebecca's daughter, Aria, wanted to get in on drawing penguins too and drew a penguin, a nice penguin with a beautiful background in the sun. And I think uh, Aria's got a future and someday someday she's going to be I'm going to be reading the flash I'm going to see Arya's name and she's going to have flash running past some penguins and we're going to know where it all started Joe someday someday Todd Arya will be fleecing you out of money for original art oh, alleged may, maybe I can get a an Arya sketch opportunity Joe <laughs> oh boy right anyway so thanks everyone who contributed anything to uh, Todd's art attack. And uh, as I look at the list here, I think we're just on to TV talk now, right? That's right. All right. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Episode 505. If you didn't uh, watch the TV shows, or you don't care. You're not up to date on uh, Legends of Tomorrow or Stargirl. We bid you adieu. And uh, we'll take like a pause here. See if I have any water left. I don't. Uh, but we're going to get talking on these these shows from this past week. And then we could hydrate later. Mm-hmm. So we have to start because this is the way the law goes. We cannot start with Legends of Tomorrow. That's the cleanup hitter of the show. Mm-hmm. So we will discuss the most recent episode of Stargirl, uh, episode three, which airs on the DC app Mondays, airs on the CW on Tuesdays. Uh, this is... Uh, you know, I guess furthering the legacy of the Justice Society mm-hmm. and putting over how dangerous a threat Icicle is. Right. And uh, I really like the actor who plays the Icicle. I agree. I thought he was very menacing and had some great, truly evil moments uh, throughout this episode and in in a few weird ways had some touching moments that turned really dark really quick like we kind of get his origins behind his plan to make you know uh like to to help america and do his thing like whatever he's doing we don't know the plan yet but we find out that he's doing it because something happened to his wife years ago and she was you know exposed to chemicals or whatever it killed her and then he's got this plan and on her deathbed she's like telling him to come close and you think she's gonna be like let it go like you know live your life and she basically is like wipe them all out like take care of it and you're like ooh, like and then you know, we jump ahead to find out who his kid is, and it turns out to be Courtney's new fr- the person she's interested in. Um, so, yeah, I really like the whole icicle aspect of the story so far. And like I said, the actor who plays him, uh, Neil Jackson, someone I'm not familiar with, but when he is doing his non-icicle stuff as part of the American dream and mm-hmm. he's interacting with people, he portrays as an actor – such a great way of contempt for these people and mm-hmm. doing everything in his power to restrain that contempt. Right. And like trying to try, try, trying to be like cordial and blue Valley ish, but at the same time it, it, it cracks through, like you say. Yes. 
But but and that's interesting to see him compared to the guy who I think is the gambler is his character who is just like to me a villain in an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, like I'm like looking at him. I'm like, this is the guy, Adam. Like, this is either the side character or a villain in an Adam Sandler movie. And literally, like when he's at the meeting doing the poker chip over his fingers, I was laughing. But he, I don't know, he just like the whole facial hair and everything. I'm like, he's the closest one to actually having CW hair. So, oh, and like I said, he he definitely gives that. Th- that's a perfect example. He's like the number two heavy. In the Adam Sandler, like, he's not Shooter McGavin, but he's the guy who helped Shooter McGavin. Right, he's the guy who who's teaching the class in uh, The Water Boy. He's basically the professor who's like, you know, who wants to know why alligators are so ornery. <laughs> I'm looking to see if he's been in an Adam Sandler movie, and he hasn't been. Well, he will be. He'll be, because he, he, he has a Netflix exclusive, and Adam Sandler's going to see Stargo and go, like, get me that guy. <laughs> um, But, of course, you know, you, you, things kind of reach a fever pitch, as you mentioned. We get to see how deadly Icicle is. And please correct me if I'm wrong, Joey, uh... The the senator, the magician, the wizard, whatever, his son. This is the first episode where we see him, right? I think we may have seen, like, because there are so many kids and we may have seen, to, like, talk to him. But he mm-hmm. didn't stand out because he wasn't wearing his homemade wizard costume. Right. You know, like, this is where he really, like, stands out. But I do think maybe we've seen him talk or in the background, but just didn't didn't notice. Right. And obviously we get the part at the end. And now I like the relationship between uh, Courtney and Luke Wilson, Mm -hmm. but this was the the part where we get, I'm going to show you the whole backstory and take you to our cool secret headquarters and show you all this stuff and tell you the lore of Dr. Midnight's owl, but you could never come back here again. We have to stop doing this after I showed you the coolest aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in his defense, he was trying to show you, like, I get it. He's not, and that's why Starman didn't leave the staff to him. He's like, listen, look at all these people. Look at all these people. And they ended up getting killed. Like, we we have to be careful. And that is the one thing that I, I do like about Stripesy. They, they're going to make a good team because Stripesy is too careful and Courtney is too like, let's go get him. Cause her, 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 you know, plan was basically find them, surprise them, kick their butts. And I'm like, that's not a plan. You're going to get killed. And I do not that I like that ends up the, 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 the congressman's kid gets killed because she goes out and flies by the seat of her pants without training, without doing anything. And you're like, okay, she's going to learn from this. And she learned to steal all really powerful stuff and probably give it to other people, which I don't think is going to work out the way she thinks it is. So we'll see. But hearing the Thunderbolts pen giggle kind of made me happy. And oh, yeah. I, I popped at every moment in the JSA headquarters where they spot when they get to the, like the Jay Garrick banner and it's the, and it's the old classic suit. I'm like, I got goosebumps right now. I'm like, I forgot how well, like how 
perfect that old costume is. And then they, we didn't see at any point, they get the Green Lantern, the Alan Scott costume. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. Like, you have me. Like, with all this nostalgia, I'm completely in. And, and this is what these shows have been building toward. The stuff like this for people like you and I that have read these comic books mm-hmm. for however long and say, they'll never do JSA. And like, eh, if they do it, they'll get it wrong. You know, I, I remember that Justice League TV show that was on CBS. that was horrible. And now you have a point where like all of those people that read those books are now in big positions in Hollywood. And they're like, if we're going to do the JSA, it has to be done right. And you're like. People are like, who's the JSA? Did he mispronounce Did he mispronounce the Avengers? What's going on here? They're like, no, see this exact cover of JSA number whatever? <laughs> this banner, this needs to be made into a 20-foot a banner. We need to hang it from the ceiling. That's right. Get our oversized printers on it, Joe. Right. But like like all that, it, it is fantastic. But watching all this stuff and seeing stuff happen is I do need to now not only have an art budget, but a soon to be DC universe star girl prop budget, because when they make the star Starman staff, star girl staff, I'm buying one. I already have an Alan Scott, uh, power battery, but if they do a Jay Garrick helmet from any show, I'll buy them all. It doesn't matter, but I kind of want everything. And now I want to go out and buy an owl, which by the way, who's feeding that owl? Joe? <laughs> That's all I want well, to know. Well, again, we don't see, I'm sure there's deleted scenes where the owl does take a break to go eat like a mouse or something. <laughs> That's right. Goes, goes has a mouse break in the corner. But, uh, and the other thing is, I'm glad the Cheetos check cleared. <laughs> because uh, Stripesy's kid was eating a lot of Cheetos and they were making sure when they grabbed the bag that you could see the label. Like, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was pretty darn close. And then... What do you have for dinner? I had my dinner. It was Cheetos, Mom. What did you feed the dog? Well, don't you know? Dogs love Cheetos, too. And I was laughing. And the dog comes around with the Cheetos dust on its face. I'm like, okay. Uh, you know what? I'll give it to you. That's fine. You got to you gotta fund these shows. You gave me the big JSA banner. You can have the Cheetos spot. Well, listen. How are they going to play for all those hit songs that they used in the two previous episodes if they don't take a little bit out of the coffers and let uh, Cheetos get their publicity in there? That's right. We, I want a Johnny Cash song. Then you're going to need funding from Cheetos. <laughs> but all around. But who's but the I'm janitor? Enjoy, I'm enjoying Star Girl quite a bit. Who's, who's the janitor? I don't know. That's the one I can't figure out. I'm I'm wondering if he's like an old JSA member or something because I don't think he's evil. I don't think he's evil, but or is he just going to be the guy who constantly sees stuff because he has a Legends of Tomorrow looking disguise on as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. A quick a quick twist of the internet uh gives you um maybe a clue I have he could be. Don't want to know, so. Okay. Maybe okay. I'll tell you off air. Okay. And this this is one of those ones where, like, if you go to the IMDb, it doesn't say, you know, like, uh, we were talking before about, like, it says, you know, uh, shoot name, working name. You know, like, <laughs> Brainwave and Henry King. Or, you know, for Cameron Mechent, uh, which is, the or, jo- or, you know, Jordan Mechent and Icicle, you know? Right. Where for this guy, it just says a first name, and that's it. 
And maybe that's all you need to find out who he is. That's all. Oh, okay. Okay. Because all I did was I just Googled the two words. Or, I'm sorry, DuckDuckGoed the two words. <laughs> Got to keep that branding on, on point. And uh, it immediately, like, six stories came up of, like, oh, here's who it probably is. And I'm just like, oh, all right. That's right. Duck, 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 go. The Lamborghini of search engines. <laughs> Hang on. I got to send another tweet. <laughs> All right. But anyway, Land on the Legends. Of course. Legends of Tomorrow. And I like the episode titles. And sometimes they give you information. And sometimes you don't know what they're talking about. And this was one of those ones where I didn't know what they were talking about. Now, after watching the episode, the episode title is The One Where We're Trapped on TV. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the naming convention of episodes of Friends. Do you mean the show Ultimate Buds? The sh- yes. <laughs> um, but the, the show Friends, all the episode titles were the one where XYZ. Right. The one with or the one where. Yes. Yes. So I didn't quite catch the reference. Um, so what happens in this episode is all of your favorite legends are... Um, Trapped in serial number filed off some of your favorite television shows. <laughs> Star Trek, Downton Abbey, Friends. And, you know, sometimes things get a little mixed up in there of, you know, is it Star Trek the TV show or Star Trek the movies? Um, but, of course, we live in a world where the fates have taken everything over. And it's kind of like a 1984 dystopian future. And we still have a couple people. Gary specifically remembers everything. And I have to ask you, Todd, did they just muss up Gary's hair or was he wearing a piece? You know what? Sometimes it, it the hair on Legends of Tomorrow is done so well, you just can't tell, Joe. I don't know. But I did love Gary as both Gary, also known as that crazy guy, also sometimes known as the weirdo in that dystopian, you know, world. <sighs> I love Gary. And now I'm in the mood for some mush, by the way, Joe. And, I, they, like, they did a lot of good gags with the mush. <laughs> yep. All the different colors of mush. The mush vending machine. The blue mush was the fancy mush, Joe. <laughs> But all of, and this essentially was, you know, we saw at the end of the last, last week's episode where Charlie kind of made the deal with the fates to assist them, but this was her way of saving her friends, but going along with the fates plans that kind of hiding them away in the life strings that are the TV that kind of keeps the masses entertained. But, um, what is it? The, the totem? And Zari touches it, and then the second Zari comes out, so now there's the two Zaris, mm-hmm. and that's the beginning of her trying to snap everyone out of the spell. Right, and then they go jumping from show to show, picking up legends as they go, and the one cool thing that I didn't realize till it actually was explained to me was I did like that Charlie, in the last episode where they were all in the... Uh, uh, the the tavern discussing what they wanted. Charlie gave them all their dreams. They gave you know Ava and uh, and White Canary that you're co captains and you know this and that and like and I was like it that was actually like way too well done for Legends of Tomorrow if that makes any sense like just how cool it was like yeah well we discussed what you wanted and I gave it to you it's the best I can do but if you come out here I can't protect you. 
And that was, I just thought that was, you know, a, a good take on things. But obviously, secretly in my heart, the best was at the very end. And, you know, you get the stuff where John is the butler and, you know, he's suppressing his magical abilities and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone kind of gets to bounce around a little bit, you know, where everyone's in the Downton Abbey clothes and then everyone's like Romulans on the Star Trek thing. Cromulans have some respect. Oh my goodness, Blorgons. <laughs> yep. Though I just want to say they had a BBC show and it was Downton Abbey. I really thought they might have gone for the time for the real time traveling show, and that we you know they should have done some Doctor Who and it would have been fantastic. But in the end, you know, we got Star Trek, so I'll take that. Uh, but Mick showing up at the very end as Ricardo Maltabon Khan from Wrath of Khan. But he was Don. Was, oh, his name Don, was Don. Excuse so me. It was the Wrath of Don. And he had a full head of Legends of Tomorrow hair. I saw a friend of mine a couple weeks ago lamenting that the wig that she purchased on Amazon wasn't as pictured. I think they just sent it. I think after she was upset with it and returned it to Amazon, Amazon puts all their wig returns in a box that says Legends of Tomorrow. (laughs) Care of the CW set. But a fun episode. Absolutely. Again, and, you know, then I think we got there. So the real big thing about this episode that stuck out like a sore thumb for me was so much of this episode would have benefited from having Ray uh, in there. Oh, Brandon. Yes. That's the whole thing I was thinking during ultimate buds Yep, that they brought. Uh, I can't think of Zari's brother and it doesn't work as well with Nate because he's only been around 10 episodes. Right. And the, you know, this is how they bring him back to life and they give us that uh, Barad, but it would have worked better if it was Ray. Right. Cause then you go back to the Mr. Rogers house and that was his whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it doesn't really work. But I do want to say the the beautiful Mr. Rogers, uh, or whatever his name is, cul-de-sac, repressed song, is I want that as a ringtone. I'm going to have to use my fancy ringtone maker to put it out there. Great song. And I love when the legends get to use their singing talents. There should be more musical episodes of Legends of Tomorrow. I'm only sad that I wasn't able to find the gif of uh, Rory or Mick as Don mm-hmm. uh, to, to tweet out a bunch. Uh, oh, but I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't look very hard for it. Is that the one where he flicks his hair? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. I like the I want the gif of when the, 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 the Gromulans are crashing and they're just screaming into the camera like that cheesy, like terrible camera lens from the fifties. Oh, it was it was done really well, like you yeah. said. So, and now we go into the final episode of the season for Legends of Tomorrow, and who knows where we'll go? Who will live? Who will die? You know, the loom of fate. We whose contract see- negotiations went well, and whose went poorly? Uh, that would be the Adams went poorly, I believe. <laughs> But I'm glad we're getting the, you know, and this is one of those things where we've talked before, like not everything needs to be 22 or 24 episodes. Mm -hmm. If you only need 10 or 13 or 12 episodes to tell your story, 
that's great. And, you know, obviously with everything that happened with productions being shut down and delays and everything like that, Legends of Tomorrow is like, no, we're able to tell our whole story. We don't need to condense anything or skip things or whatever it is. We only needed 13 episodes. You know, we actually we only needed 12. But, uh, you know, we had some wiggle room here. We got to have some fun. and That's right. And Mick still has his no heavy lifting contract. So it's like 12 episodes. Uh how about three? Does that sound good? Yeah, we could work in for about three episodes, Mick. You're all good. So hopefully there'll be a lot of Mick Rory in the final episode. And hopefully he'll stick around. So Got my fingers crossed. Yep. All right. So I think that's everything, huh? I think so, too. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to episode 505 of Longbox Heroes. If you are a Longbox Heroes After Dark person, you listen to it when it comes out on Friday, just remember it was recorded before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in a much better mood now. Uh, it definitely helps to vent. And right. I'll only say this, whether you listen to After Dark or you don't listen to After Dark, um, hopefully you have someone in your life that you could vent to. Whether it be a podcast audience, whether it be a podcast partner, a family member, someone, sometimes it just feels good. It's one thing to type something out as a you know, direct message or a Facebook update or whatever it is, but sometimes it feels good just to have a talk with someone. Yes. And you got to listen to it, but this was my talk with Todd. Uh, and, you know, the After Dark was my talk with Todd. This was my talk with all of you. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully you'll join us back next week. And thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.